I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. When Mayor Brandon Johnson took office 100 days ago, he inherited a few crises, a gun violence crisis, a mental health crisis, an ongoing migrant crisis, and his base still wants to know whether this mayor will make good on the progressive promises he made on the campaign trail. So what has he accomplished so far? WBEZ city government and politics reporter Mariah Wolfel joined us to discuss. She starts by saying it's clear he's trying to affirm that he's a mayor for all of Chicago. I think that you can argue that's been one of his strongest suits so far, is really trying to bring in former opponents and non-progressives by making some decisions that have surprised and pleased them, including his pick for chief of staff, Rich Guidas, who spent years, decades um, leading OEMC, the Office of Emergency Management and Communications in the city. So a city hall veteran who, you know, after a campaign where Johnson was painted as someone, as an activist without experience to lead the city, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he really started by making one of his first picks like, all right, well, I'm going to bring in a lot of, I'm going to surround myself with people who have decades of experience. Also his choice of superintendent, uh, you know, interim superintendent Fred Waller um, pleased a lot of people. And then his permanent pick in Larry Snelling, um, both CPD veterans, um, you know, who have been on the force for, for a very long time and have good relationships with the rank and file. And so, you know, those are some of the decisions that he's made that have brought people under the tent. Um, and he's also just held a lot of meetings in his first 100 days. He's met with Uh, at least 46 out of 50 city council members um, and really, you know, either gone to lunch with them, dinner in their wards, ward visits or just meetings at City Hall um, to kind of like build the coalition that I think his predecessor really could have spent more time doing in her first 100 days um, to prepare to, you know, get ready to to pass a lot of his ambitious. Yeah. How is he responding to, to critics, though, in these first three months in office? Well, I think that, you know, the 100-day marker in some ways is so arbitrary, right? Um, and, and so what politicians in the past have used it to say, this is my long checklist. This is everything I'm going to get done in the first 100 days. And that's like a symbolic of my ambition for the next four years. Like, I'm going to be really, really ambitious here. And Mayor Johnson, to critics who've said he hasn't done enough in his first three months, have said, yeah, that hasn't really worked. Like... These issues are longstanding, and I'm not going to come in and pretend that I can solve them in 100 days. Um, I'm really going to take my time. I'm really going to be deliberate about who I'm surrounding myself with. I'm really going to build a coalition. You know, he is a coalition builder. Mm -hmm. He's a grassroots organizer. So I'm going to do that and then start to, you know, chip away at these really large goals that I have that are going to require allies, that are going to require, you know, an infrastructure of communication or, you know, however you want to call it. But like um, it's going to require relationships. And so to his critics, I think he just says, just 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 wait and see. Give me some time. Be patient. And, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about in the next four years in terms of my accomplishments. Yeah. Back to your mention of, of the meetings he's been having, though, your reporting shows that he's also met with CPD several times and that he's met with the police union. A lot of people have been surprised by the relationship that Johnson thus far has been forming with the Chicago Police Department. Yeah, um, I spoke to Alderman Nick Spazato. I spoke to several conservative, more conservative um, on the Democratic spectrum. You know, we are in Chicago, but um, 
I spoke to Alderman Nick Spizzato, who's one of the council's most conservative aldermen. He opposed Johnson's run for mayor um, and, you know, arguably is one of the aldermen who's on the most opposite end of the political spectrum um, than to, to Johnson. And he had said that's one of the biggest surprises for him is is how he hears from high-ranking police officers who he's friends with that these meetings that Johnson has with CPD on a weekly basis um, are just a pleasure to go to. Spazato's like, you know, I just hear that, like, these meetings, uh, you know, under the former mayor used to be dreadful. People were worried about getting demoted. The relationship was just really tense, contentious. And Johnson, you know, he's a big joke maker. He's a likable guy. He's very charismatic. Um, That has helped him in these meetings Mm -hmm. where he just kind of comes in and is like, what's going on? You know, he he is a delegator. He is deferring to people with greater expertise on the policing front. And I think that has surprised both conservatives and progressives alike. I talked to one um, progressive political consultant who did have a lot of criticism of Johnson um, and the way that he has governed to the middle to kind of broaden his tent. But she also said, This is something that, you know, could have been really rocky waters for Johnson after a campaign where he was painted as a defunder, as an anti-police politician, um, but that he has really kind of navigated his relationship with police um, in a positive way. Would you consider his uh, his pick to fill the top spot of of superintendent a a big achievement in the first hundred days? Yeah, I mean, I think and and who you pick for you know to lead the police department has grave consequences as we saw with former mayor Lori Lightfoot you know that was something that she got hit on the campaign trail again and again for choosing an outsider to lead the department and David Brown and you know people have pointed out the the police department kind of flips back and forth you know between outsider insider outsider insider and now was the swing towards an insider after an outsider saw as some people um as some people saw failed uh to curb the city's violent crime and so she he brings an insider in, born and raised in Inglewood, t- great ties to the community, but also, um, you know, a lot of good relationships among among rank and file. And so that is a big achievement for his first three months, and it's being perceived well. You were on Reset last week, and we talked about how Mayor Johnson has yet to solidify his cabinet. Right? You said that wasn't uncommon for a new administration to, you know, clean house once they're sworn in. So has there been any explanation as to why Johnson gave department heads this three-month trial period or why he's been so slow at just building out the cabinet? I mean, other than the fact that he says he's deliberate and wants to choose people around him who are going to help him with his policy goals and he doesn't want to make, you know, uh, rash decisions. But I think that is probably one of the points he's getting hit hardest on. Is, Sounds like it was kind of an audition process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and you know, one person I spoke to said, like, that's not the way to be a bold leader. You know, an alderman, Alderman Raymond Lopez says, like, you can't leave 28 departments flailing in the wind, was his quote, for three months. Um, and, you know, for instance, we saw with Dr. Allison Arwady, that three-month trial period was really kind of weird for her because there were ongoing crises, health crises, like mm-hmm. wildfire smoke from Canada that she really wanted to act on. And, you know, her department, like, prepared briefs and was ready to do media interviews and then got a signal from the administration, like, hey, you're not welcome to speak publicly on this. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, that's what Dr. Arwady says, and Johnson hasn't responded to that criticism. But, like, it's... That, that has been, I think, a weird period for these leaders. And, you know, like, it's not great because we're heading into 
budget season now where department heads are going to have to go and testify right. in the hot seat in front of city council members where they're going to be very asked very tough questions about the but so it's like holdovers that are going to maybe have to present Johnson's budget but they worked for 4 years for Lightfoot and maybe aren't sure yet if yeah. they're even being you know kept on permanently and so that is probably the weakest point. Um, yeah, and speaking of Lightfoot, I mean, she sort of did the opposite, right? It, it took her just one day after her inauguration to put out this list of five new department heads that she wanted to install, right? And so did moving so fast help her in the early days? I I think in some ways it really helped her because if you look at all of Lightfoot's achievements she achieved a lot in four years when she was also dealing with a global pandemic and so i'm sure looking back in 2020 in march 2020 when the pandemic hit she was very grateful to herself that she had taken swift action to get people in place because she wasn't going to be able to focus on any of her things that she wanted to focus on once that pandemic hit. And so in some ways, yes, having people in place, being prepared to name who you want to fill out your cabinet, it helped her to um, basically introduce Invest Southwest very soon after her first 100 days. That's yeah. her signature economic development program, her biggest legacy. Um, and yeah, had she not been ready to name those people who helped develop that program, she probably wouldn't have accomplished so much, including that, because of then being hit with the pandemic. Yeah. But then in other ways, uh, you know, she really paid for it politically with how ambitious she was in her first hundred days, using her executive power to curb aldermanic prerogative and, you know, um, a few other things, a lot of fights that Lightfoot dealt with were picked in the first hundred days and people True. were kind of already organizing against her as mayor in her first three months. So yeah. she really could have used a bit of maybe Johnson's touch in, you know, coalition building. Yes. Or somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we, we haven't seen a lot of legislative action or executive orders under Johnson's admi administration yet. Arguably uh, one of his biggest legislative accomplishments so far was passing his preferred council structure where he uh, he essentially rewarded council allies with these powerful positions. Uh, another of his first actions after taking office, it was setting the intention for the city to hire double the amount of young people this summer. Um, you know, he, he didn't come close to meeting his goal there. Uh, I mean, is, is it fair to categorize that as a failure? Um, I wouldn't say it's a failure that he didn't double the number of young people hired this summer, I'd say it was an unrealistic goal to set for himself. Right. I mean, um, the beginning of summer came like in month one. Right, right. <laughs> so. And and the budget was set by the previous administration. Right. You know, there's a reason why the program isn't twice as large as it is. And it's not demand. Like that demand has been there for several years now. And so it, you know, it's going to take, yeah, some some hard work to double that that program. And he has tried and he's you know trying to build relationships with businesses to get them to take on this burden of hiring of you know paying for young people to work and yeah. so um yeah he's working on it right uh he's uh wanting to uh reopen the city's shuttered mental health clinics we know that that was part of the the contention there and uh led to uh you know even allison arwoody's firing etc what's the status on those initiatives though removing yeah. police presence you know from those first responders yeah so i think the status on that initiative and you know some of his other larger goals is that he's set he's laying the groundwork to kind of push them through and so that means starting with subject matter hearings that under Lightfoot couldn't even get 
you know, she couldn't, they, the council couldn't even hold hearings on, on these. I, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, Lightfoot had worked to block um, some of those hearings. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think, you know, he's, there are signs, even though, you know, his legislative accomplishments aren't, you, the list isn't that long in his first hundred days. I think he's, he is, we're going to start seeing that in the next month and or two. Yeah. Well, I can't let you go without touching on the influx of asylum seekers, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, this was a crisis Johnson inherited. We welcomed here 13,000 migrants in the past year. How has Johnson prioritized this well, in the he's, first hundred days? He's open. He his his model is to move away from kind of the you know emergency response that Lightfoot had to really mode that Lightfoot really had to be in. You know, people in police shelters. He's trying to open large congregate shelters, city in city run buildings. He's also trying to move away from a national staffing firm that the city is just paying so much money for um, to staff these shelters, and he's trying to build up. A network of nonprofits and volunteers who can instead staff these shelters so the city can save some money on staffing and then open more congregate shelters and, you know, um, find yeah. more affordable housing for. These are things that we're really going to be looking out for in his upcoming budget. You know, how much money is he going to put to that crisis? How much money is he going to put to expanding affordable housing, which is the real issue here? Exactly. Mariah Wolfel, WBEZ city government and politics reporter. Always good to chat with you, Mariah. You too. Thanks. thanks. This episode of Reset was produced by Landon Jones and edited by Brenda Ruiz and Dan Tucker. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode of Something Fun on Saturdays. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon.